Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Foreign Secretary, Dominic Raab, has made clear that restrictions imposed to control the spread of coronavirus will continue for quite some time. An online video chat for fans of The Archers had to be abandoned after the meeting was bombarded with pornography and Nazi swastikas. The Dumpty Dum podcast, which is named after the show's theme tune, discusses all aspects of the soap. To cheer up their listeners and to help those who needed some company during the coronavirus lockdown, the host, Royfield Brown, organised a Zoom call, which would include an appearance by a surprise guest for the show. However, as our entertainment correspondent Colin Patterson reports, that was far from the only surprise. This is not an everyday story about fans of the archers. Self-pleasuring and neo-Nazis are not words normally associated with the world's longest-running drama, but things did not go to plan when fans of the show decided to have a Zoom meeting to cheer themselves up during lockdown. Dumpty Tum is a weekly podcast dedicated to the show, which has been running for six years. Plot lines are discussed, character appearances are counted. It's aimed at real aficionados. The host, Royfield Brown, thought it would be a nice idea if, during coronavirus, listeners could meet up for an online video chat to discuss the latest goings-on in Ambridge. On the latest edition of the podcast, he explained just how wrong things went. There was a gentleman who was at least 60 who decided to pleasure himself mm. uh, in front of the massed ranks of Dumdy Dummers on Zoom. There was all manner of pornography thrown up and Nazi swastikas, and I was called the N-word repeatedly. <gasps> it was really? an utter dip, yeah. And all of this was witnessed by the meet-up's surprise guest, Terry Malloy, who plays Mike Tucker in The Archers, who'd been happily answering fans' questions. Royfield Brown says the mistake they made was to put a link to the meeting all over Twitter, meaning that anyone who saw it could join in. However, he's not deterred. They will try the meet-up again this Friday night with new security. Those who want to take part will have to send a direct message to secure the password. It is unclear if Terry Malloy will be back. The headlines again. Well, hello, Dumpty Dummers everywhere. Nicholas Barnes from Vitel here. We're the company that provides, for absolutely no recompense at all, the telephone number you can call in and leave a message on. I just wanted to share with you a new feature we've added. You can now use the same telephone number to record a Dumpty Dum for the beginning of the show. It's clever, it's cool, and all the hip kids are doing it. 
Simply call 0203 031 3105 and follow the prompts. You'll hear my dulcet tones guiding you through the whole thing. And when it comes to record the Dumpty Dum, you'll hear it in your ear while you're singing, humming, instrumenting or, well, however you're performing it yourself. It's that easy. Oh, and it can be anonymous too. Nobody has to know it's you. Go on, give it a try. 0203 031 3105. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Was that the Muppets? Who was that? It was Francesca Dimich. And yes, she's a massive fan of the Muppets. So thank you for putting that in, Francesca. And as always, Lucy, you are on it with your cultural references. You spotted that a mile off. (laughs) That's extraordinary. How does she do it? Uh, I think a little bit like Harriet. She's a woman of a thousand voices. Ah. As well as being a professional musician, don't you now? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And actually, it's going to be a lot of music on this week's episode, folks, because this is Dum De Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that are centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the over-domineering physio that is Royfield Brown, and with me have the patronising karate instructor that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of the snail row, folks, is you. As we said at the top of the shop, the start of the show, that is Francesca. Doing a thousand and one Muppet like voices. Who was your favourite Muppet, Lucy? Um, that one that used to go mental on the drums. Oh, was that Animal? Animal. Yeah. Yeah. Animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you reminded me of someone. That's it. <laughs> That's the one impression I can do. Oh, and you know what? And I, I was always a Kermit fan. Always a Kermit fan. And I loved Robin, his little, little nephew. Yeah. I'm not at the bottom. I'm not at the top, but this is the stair where I always stop. I loved the Muppets, though I didn't understand half of it, as kids didn't, because you weren't supposed to, were you? Because it's no, for it the grown-ups too. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, friend, although I did obviously hmm? love uh, Miss Piggy too, on whom I based a great deal of my character. <laughs> Call me my love. Hiya. <laughs> Oh, the 1970s and the early 80s, the Muppets. Jim Henderson, what a genius. Hmm. Folks, if you would like to send in a dum-de-dum, Lucy, can you tell them how they can do that? If you would like to sing us a dum-de-dum, play us a... No, leave us a plot prediction. Sorry, I'm having a slight desk issue here. Uh, Then uh, call us on 0203-031-3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you. Thank you to Cosmo for Yay. his podcast roundups, to Mike Hatton for his character counts, Yay. to Shambridge for her voices, and to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. 
Uh, Derek pushed the boat out with anti-cardboard Easter egg this year. He knew tiny little hollow eggs weren't going to impress her, so she was delighted when he presented her with a fully solid <laughs> six-incher. <laughs> As always, filth. As always, you are <laughs> filthy, Freeman. Ah, how many... Uh, interviews did you do on Saturday morning, Freeman? Not as many as you did, because oh, every yes. time I woke up all over the back on day weekend, I just kept getting another message from Roy Ford going, bloody hell, we're in the mirror! <laughs> <laughs> it was. This thing has gone oh, beyond parody. God. The podcast that has a section called Mirror Headlines, because they're so wacky and unbelievable, yeah. has become a mirror headline. Can't yeah. make this stuff and up, folks. also, we'd like to give heartfelt thanks to uh, masturbating pensioners and neo-Nazis everywhere. Please. Because you've managed to get more coverage for us in the last weekend <laughs> than we have managed in six years mm -hmm. of doing this podcast. <laughs> so thank you very much. Uh, absolutely. From the bottom of my heart, you horrible, vile people, I thank you also. That comes from yeah. the pair of us because, I, you know what? My mum, my mum, Lucy, she called me up. She went, Who's been abusing my son? Like this. I went, Mum. I went, Mum, it's fine. And she burst out. And I was just, I know. It's all so great publicity. <laughs> she just dissolved into laughter. Well, two of my friends accused me of setting it up as some sort of PR thing mm -hmm. myself. And I, I said, look, I don't know any neo-Nazis that I can call upon, actually. <laughs> you know, and if I did, I doubt they'd be willing to sort of, you know, just stump up when I ask them to. So, you know. Well, it has to be said, on, on the book of face, um, Tim Benting did just say, he sent, he sent uh, a message in Royfield, is this real? This is not real, is it? I said, it's completely real. He went, oh, my God. Yeah. And um, Terry... Uh, on the Friday before we did the second Zoom session, which went off completely without a hitch, he said that, I forget the name of the actor, but the actor who plays Roy yeah. called him up and said, Terry, what the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, said, he said it was utter bedlam. They had a proper laugh and a chat. So the actors on The Archers are, were completely aware. They were seeing all the news reports as well. But uh, Terry... Uh, it was a total star, and he said to me on the Friday, he said, Royfield, I'll do it again, you know, you, you weren't at fault, blah, 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 and, and we did the whole thing. But, like, yeah, he, he loved it, and he loved, dare I say, he loved the fact that every news report mentioned him. Mm. And spelled his name wrong on the BBC twice, three times, which was great. Yes. Mm. Yep. Um, can I also say yes. that I got, uh, a friend of mine got in touch and said that uh, he's sort of local to me here mm -hmm. and said that their church service which was a zoom service was hijacked in exactly the same way with actually the same images and the same uh words that were used for you and all that sort of thing he said it was the same thing ah. he said it's they have like a set thing and they just dump it in huh so yeah so i don't feel so special now then sorry thanks no. for that lucy no problem. On this week's episode, we hear <laughs> from Young Keith, Margot with a hard D, Ed, Sister Sally, Babs and Trev. Oh, this is a call and a half from them. Pissed they were pissed. Uh, Claire Asprey, Claire from Clapham, that is. Dusty Substances, General Store, Holly, Shifty Dave and Carol. But first, before the caller in her is, it's our loose. 
and a week in i'm not looking at the screen ambridge <laughs> We began the week with a worried Brian Aldridge confiding in Adam that his wife has taken to wandering around the village with a desk lamp on her head. Well, that's what happens when a woman of Jennifer's brain ends up only having to worry about venison casserole, Brian. Robert <laughs> continues to cock up in his efforts to help Lindy Bottom. He waded into her issues with her physiotherapist. Silvano is apparently very intense and too demanding and generally sounds as though he's training her for strictly rather than doing Linda things like feeding llamas condescending to the general public, pretending to sleep outside pubs and being reluctantly persuaded to direct plays. Robert <laughs> wants her to have Lee instead, and I'm not sure in her present mood karate would be advisable unless you want to go home with your knackers in your hand, Robert. However, Lindy <laughs> Bottom basically told Robert to sod right off and not come back. Then in the next scene, he bobbed up next to her bed to be presented with a porcelain tiger and a horrible birthday card. So clearly we missed the rapprochement, as Lindy would have said in happier <laughs> times. Over at home farm, all the sheep have got athletes' foot. Mm. They just need to dry between their hooves better, that's all. I could be a vet. It's easy. If the sheep have got a contagious disease, Jenny Darling clearly now has one too, as she is complaining about being dumped with little Xander, and she's now started saying, Oh, Brian, when do I have the time? Brian describes Xander as a super little chap and clearly cannot wait to get the hell away from him as he's volunteering to drill the barley, rub athlete's foot cream into the hooves <laughs> and weed the herbal lays with chopsticks if necessary. <laughs> Gay Grables is set to reopen. I really do not understand how that business works. But hey-ho, they've already got the most discontented customer base since Lower Loxley's Halloween psychodrama traumatised an entire population of local infants. And now they're expecting visitors to come to the hotel and be served food cooked by Hugh in a burger van on the bypass, eaten to the accompaniment of ceaseless hammering and the exciting possibility of another gas explosion. However, Roy and Oliver and Kathy are having meetings before work every morning, which Roy seems to think will solve everything. You're going to need more than a meeting, Sunshine. Anyway, it's good for the <laughs> staff, as after the explosion, they were left isolated, struggling to work from home, with the business losing loads of money. Thank goodness that situation's not going to happen again anytime soon. But Oliver is sanguine. Roy, he says, is an absolute engine. Yes, mm. traction. The three rewilding stooges met up for a play date at Phoebe's house. They went and knocked for her and asked if she could play. Roy let them in, made them take their shoes off. Roy gave them a glass of milk and a hopnob. Then he <laughs> talked to them a bit. And then Phoebe came in and said, shall we sit down? Who has a drink and a chat standing up in someone's sitting room? Anyway, <laughs> Phoebe has not only swallowed the Kool-Aid, she's had a bath in it. She's a week away from suggesting a nuclear power station. I <laughs> In order to make her position as the Green Goblin to Justin's Thanos slightly more palatable to the other two Wallies, she's pretending that the block of flats with shopping mall that Justin wants them to build should only be for people like us. Eco-positive? asked Pip. No, gullible morons. Proving mm. that Lindy Bottom <laughs> is still in charge of the village even when she's bedridden 15 miles away, Roy did her bidding and trotted off to see Blake to forgive him. His bedside manner <laughs> needs work as he seemed to burst belligerently into poor Blake's room and start shouting. Understandably, poor Blake nearly pissed himself. And to be fair, if Roy appeared unexpectedly at the end of my bed, I'd freak out as well. As Roy walked back to the <laughs> car park, wondering what the hell he'd done with his car this time, a dim light flickered. 
It was just momentary. Bold must be going in the streetlight, thought Roy. Then it did it again. It was inside his head. A word came. The word frightened. What does this mean, thought Roy. An hour later, once he tried all the cars in the car park, he was inside the one that had opened. I think this must be mine, thought Roy. Now, something makes me think that the man I went to see was not a happy man and he was frightened. And I do not know why, so I must tell a grown-up. So he told Philip and an entire nation shouted, <laughs> Roy! <laughs> Samuel has packed in the shearing, apparently. What with Eli and Samuel, Ambridge is clearly stuffed full of silent sheep specialists. Anyway, Ed wants to try the shearing again with Jazza, although last year's was a disaster when Ed got distracted by Timotei waving a carton full of hooky tomorite at him. This year, he'll have to coax Jazza out of his den in the fish tank. Those two make Phoebe Tucker look like Alan Sugar. It was Kira's ninth birthday. Tracy, ever classy, had bought a unicorn piñata and made a frankly terrifying sounding unicorn cake with a pink glittery head. But to be honest, all <laughs> nine-year-olds have no taste at all and quite right too, so well done, Tracy. Tracy had already had an exciting week teaching Freddie how to be on reception. At one point she said to him, if it gets weird at any point, we'll stop. Tracy, you're in reception in a deserted, bombed-out hotel. Hotel, how could it get any weirder? Tracy is what is known as a trooper and is keeping everyone going at Gay Grables, especially Oliver. Mm. I wish I had your zest, Tracy, he said. It's my body spray, Oliver. Do you want a squirt? <laughs> she then told him to fake it till you make it, which is presumably what she does with Ronan. I don't know. The only thing worse than helping Shula paint Easter eggs is having lunch with Helen Archer and poor Krusty managed to double, double book herself to do both. Shula is sounding more vicarish by the minute. But sooner or later, the facade will crack and she'll start being wildly judgmental again. As soon as the coronavirus hits, she'll be one of those gits who covertly film their neighbours walking to the post box and report them to the police, the FBI and the Inland Revenue. And finally, in this febrile, in every sense of the word, environment in which we now live, we all understand what it is to stare death in the face and reassess our priorities. Emma narrowly avoided being fatally grilled or having an ensuite land on the small of her back. Mm -hmm. And this made her rethink <laughs> what she wants out of life and her values. She asked Ed to go for a walk and as they wandered through the trees, shyly exchanging glances, she faced the truth about herself. Ed, when I nearly died, I realised what was important to me. That marble coffee table. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> the end. Oh, is that it? Lucy? Yes. Is that it? Yes, I oh. said the end. Oh, I was that means it's the end. It's the finish, the end. The... Fini. Oh. Oh, well, that was a triumph. So much better than last week. You know, that there was a poignancy to it this week, which I thought was lacking in last week's, considering <laughs> <laughs> considering the subject matter that you had to work with last week as well. You know. But this week, you know, I that ending with uh, with our Emma was 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 beautiful well poised I'd... well done Lucy Freeman take a bow thank you very much uh, I do think mm -hmm. what did you think about the Ed and Emma thing when she said she wanted to get I think he's right mm. everybody's moaning at him and saying Ed's being an idiot and he just needs to give her but unless they sort out the fundamental issue the same thing is going to happen again but, but would it? Because there's a realisation of with what Ed means to her. Mm. And 
speak. Yeah, but he thought she was before. But but wait, you know, but, it's only but, words. But but loose, but loose. We can all um, fall into relationships and be blissfully unaware of truly what that person means to us. And, you know, most people aren't. You know, they're in that relationship and they know they put, you know, two and two together. They come up with a magic number of four as to what being in a relationship with that person means to them. Some of us, and I'll hold my hand up here, need that person to walk away for them to go, holy crap, right? Mm. This person is like another limb to me. I need, you know, they are such a part of my life. And Emma is one of those. And, she, and, she, and she's not alone. She needed Ed to uh, absent himself from her life emotionally for her to go, oh, my God, no. He has a point. I was a little bit too selfish. He is actually my person, the, the love of my life. Mm. And that doesn't, then that means that that person can then rewire their behavior subsequently if they can win that person back. So I, I think we've, we've been a little bit harsh on, on the pair of them. Because I think, because you've always said that you don't think that Ed is emotionally intelligent and things like that. Mm. And I've always thought that's a, a little bit mean whatever but you know whatevs you know we, we all have our own perspective on everything and stuff but I also think that what Emma is capable of and I don't want to sound too trite here but it is growth and she's sat down and she's looked at her behavior and she's looked at her the key things which are driving her and she said they aren't that important the material stuff isn't that important what is important is this good man who fundamentally I have a good relationship with, who is good to me, he's a wonderful father, he's a wonderful stepfather, and he's a provider. Even though I might have had a go at him about getting a better job, just like Susan was always having to go at Neil back in the day about getting a better job. But he's there, he's a worker, he's a trier. And she's realised that those things are more important than the marble table. But it's all words. She's still in shock after what's happened. The last thing Ed wants to do oh. is get back together with her. Mm. And then she does it again. You know, when things have calmed down, they get back together. And then she starts going, oh, Ed, why can't we have holidays? Oh, Ed, why can't we do this? Wouldn't it be nice if I didn't have to have 18 jobs and blah, 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 blah. You know, he wants to, I think he's, I think he's right. It's not fair for them to get back together again without or to rush into getting back together again just because something terrible's happened to her, which I'm massively sympathetic to. But she's actually got to prove it, not just say it. Because otherwise, mm -hmm. she'll be putting the children through all that all over again. Well, I think that is fair. But without going back and listening to that episode, I don't know. Did Ed actually say, I don't want to rush to get back into things? I no, he said, I, can't, I couldn't bear to go through it again if it went wrong. You know, well, and at the moment, he doesn't believe that, you know, because people do do after people have terrible illnesses, they like they get married or they, you know, move house or move country or something because they've kind of they're in a heightened state, a heightened post-traumatic state. There's a lot of adrenaline. There's a lot of, you know, rapid. It's like there's a lot of 
people are making some sort of pretty odd decisions at the moment because we're all in a very everything feels quite sort of um vital and life and deathy and we've got a lot of time to think and all that sort of stuff mm. and when the monotony of life kicks back in again that's the bit you've got to be able to survive and think yes it's not all about how wonderful how wonderfully i think about that person in a crisis do i think wonderfully about them when they fail to take the bins out for the 14th time in a row you know that's the thing that you've got to focus on mm. i think though what was so beautifully played we, we've had this in the last few weeks but what has been so beautifully played is the real day-to-day -day dynamic of their relationship and as we said ed isn't will grundy ed knows which side up his children actually yeah work yeah. you know he was helping to get uh, the dinner ready for the kids and then bathing them etc and so on and so on so you know on a day-to-day -day basis, they work as a couple. They can defer to the other, they can trust the other to do their bit to parent, co-parent, etc. So we know that if they can overcome um, Emma and her more material uh, needs and wants, that actually mm. they're a great couple. That's what that was supposed to show us, you know, the, the, the domestic scene and actually how comfortable they are with each other. Yeah. And again, I think what I said last week or was it the week before? I can't remember. In these Corona times, everything just rolls into one. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they're another couple of which you do actually believe. You believe yeah. them. There's enough of the domestic of the They will mundane. always be a couple, even if they're not together. Exactly. You, you mm. believe it in a way that Adam and Ian, you just don't get type of thing. So, so I think that's one of the reasons why we root for them, actually, as mm. listeners, because we get them, we understand them. Whatever her neuroses are, they're considering that she is... Um, you know, part Horobin, part Carter, part, you know, and now a Grundy, we, we get that she wants to get herself up uh, economically. Mm. We get it. Mm -hmm. That's where she's come from. Mm. And then there is Ed, who is trapped by his, Grund by his Grundy background, but he's a grafter. He's not as shifty and as feckless as his dad was back in the day. He's a, he's a salt of the earth person, no pretensions, just wants to get on, doesn't ever quite mm. get a break. You get their situation and they found each other and they, and they both just want to get on. And, and you root for them and we're rooting for them. So I think it's very understandable, for, understandable from a dramatic narrative uh, level the reason why so many people are like oh just 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 you know make it up you know let, let's yeah. go and do it yeah. but also I love the fact that the script writers are teasing us because this is the way that these things happen you know when couples break up and when there are children involved and they've been married there's lots of soul searching and couples coming back together for the odd bump in the night and, and roll around and because they know which buttons whether they play mm. the, whether they play the other cup play the other partner uh, consciously or not they know which buttons to press whether it's mm. to rise to anger or to get emotion or sentimental sentimentality out of them and also mm. they still that emotion is still there between between the two. You don't just switch it off because one of them has mm. moved out, you know? Yeah. 
And, and I think the scriptwriters are doing a great job. And actually, I want a little bit more because we've gone weeks and, uh, and months without anything meaningful between the pair. And, and I know we had a little bit the whole kind of Gavin thing, but I always knew that as a red herring. You know, she wasn't after Gavin. Uh, mm. but, but I think that was well played in that it forced Emma to come to a conclusion which is regretting, which is, mm. I need to move on. Mm. But even when she said that, she wanted, really, she wanted Ed to say, but I don't want to. Yeah. 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 I did like Ed's mate when uh, when Gavin drove off. He said, well, no, no bother, mate. I'll see you later. And off he went. And, and Ed went, yeah, see ya, mate. He said, it yeah. was really good. <laughs> um, I find it quite interesting as well that Joe Grundy was the only one in the village that would talk about the social divide very openly. And he would say, well, it's always been one rule for their arches and one rule for the Grundies, blah, 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 blah. And now Emma has taken on that role. Mm. Emma is like polar opposite in terms of, you know, who she is, but she's taken on that sort of um, awareness of social distinction. Uh and the uh, sort of inequality, he, she's taken that on from from Joe. And I really like the fact that they haven't passed it on to, you know, um, anybody that you think is obvious, sort of, you know, Bert Fry or anyone like that. Mm. It, you know, some uh, sort of an old, more curmudgeonly person. It's gone to, you know, a young, a young mum sort of thing who's saying, no, this isn't fair. This isn't right. How come that they'll take Josh Archer on, but they won't take you on when he was actually, yeah, you know, yeah. It's interesting. Well, look, I'll tell you what we'll we'll do, right? Because this is going to be a little bit of a special special episode anyway. Let's have a little bit of this and then we'll follow it with a little bit of our Claire. Hello, Ambridge3962. Here we go. First caller in era of the episode. It's Claire from Clapham. Hi, Dumpsterdam. It's Claire from Clapham here. Um, having been so desperate to hear Ed and Emma get back together, I thought I should probably ring in and reflect on the um, conversation that they had in this last week. And although obviously we're all longing for them to get back together, I have to say that I I kind of support Ed, really. Um, it wasn't Emma that broke up with Ed. It was Ed that broke up with Emma. And the reason he did was that he felt like she would never be satisfied and he would never be enough. And I don't think Emma, by asking for more from him, is really turning that around or showing any different behaviour. Um, and I, I think I respect his approach to that. I think with a bit of luck, it will give her something to reflect on and she's going to have to make some kind of change or demonstrate some kind of change. Um to reassure him that she isn't going to just moan about all the things she hasn't got in the future. Uh, and I don't think she's done that yet. She's now moaning she hasn't got it, which is not the same thing at all. So uh, I'd still want them to get back together. But like I said before, it's got to be at a point where they've learned how to appreciate each other, appreciate each other better. So uh, still looking forward to that. Or it would be nice to hear it at some point. Um, uh, so, yeah, hello to everyone in lockdown, and I hope we're all getting on okay, and uh, things are okay with me, and I 
wondered if anyone else is finding it less important to listen to the archers on the day at the right time because it's not the same day in Ambridge anymore. Yes. And yeah, I found exactly. myself thinking that and I wonder yeah. if it's just me. Um, I don't always listen live, but sometimes I make the effort to. But now I feel less inclined to because it's not the right day. Okay, speak soon. Bye. Bye-bye. No, I'm completely the same, Claire. But to be honest, I don't know which way up I am. So I, this is like the bit between Christmas and New Year, but it's going on for ages and ages and ages. And I have to keep consciously reminding myself, you know, normally you have a sort of an innate feeling of what day it is, but now all the usual markers have gone. And um, mm. yeah, so I'm just listening on, on Sundays because I'm very, very confused. And I don't like it feeling that things are happening in Ambridge that aren't. I know it's kind of weird. They're doing a bit of a, they sort of slow things down or speed things up so that one, you know, we're, we're conscious that it's now the next day and that it's now Friday or whatever. But I don't know. I'm still confused. Mm. I got, I was supposed to be doing a podcast with somebody um, over the weekend. And then they said to me, oh, can we not do it at the weekend? Uh, let's do it on Monday because it's the bank holiday. And I thought, every day's a bloody bank holiday. I know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I, I, re- I You know, I just had to mutter that underneath my breath. I went, okay, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to message you, actually, and say, no, we can't do it on Monday because it's the bank. And I got as far as bank and I thought, oh, what the hell? So just across it. Well, what the hell difference does it make? Mm. Right. Uh, that was Claire from Clapham. And uh, let's have a little bit of the general. We're saluting you, sir. Hi, Royfield and Lucy. This is General Storr. Ring just to say, Lucy, you're c- completely right. Um, General Storr. My first name is Storr, which is spelled S-T-O-R-R. And everybody I've met through my life thinks they're being very original by saying, aha, General Storr. And I look at them and say, yes, that's exactly right it is. So I thought I would reclaim my nickname. I'm calling you from a very surreal London W10 Walking around empty streets and just seeing London in a particularly bizarre way. Anyway, um, something more positive. What I'd like to talk about is where is Clary? She Mm. is my favorite character and she's just the sort of person we need at this very horrible COVID-19 time. She's kind, though very uneducated, essentially very intelligent and empathetic. And I'm missing her. I think she'd be a great addition to the cast at the moment, and she hasn't been on for a while. I also think the writing about Linda's post-accident depression is really excellent. Robert's desperate attempts to try and help his wife he obviously loves her enormously and every effort is being rejected and makes matters worse it's quite upsetting but it's very well written i think anyway enjoying everything that you two are up to and um i particularly liked your lucy the thing about um kathy perks and where (laughs) is she but i noticed that she was mentioned again in this uh last this week's episodes where is kathy perks anyway talk to you both soon have a good week stay safe bye so, so, bye. so lucy if you went off sleuthing didn't you actually you you you, you come to you got to the bottom of the mystery didn't you i did yeah she's chained up in the boiler room <laughs> there you go general store <laughs> we know where she is <laughs>
but uh, it's it's uh, lovely to hear somebody from West London, my own stomping ground, and actually from from Labbrook Grove. Yeah, so uh, W10 is walking around. So oh. he is right about Clary, though. She hasn't been in it for ages, but I wonder if that's because they're going to use her for one of these new monologue type affairs that uh, Kerry is writing at the moment ah. um, for May, because she'd do really well in that. I think. No, true, um, very true. But you know what, though, I think literally all the characters would do really good at the whole kind of mo- yeah, monologue thing. Yeah. You know, just this is what I did today, yeah. blah, 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 mm. saying one thing but meaning another. Yeah. You know, yeah. But yeah. I, but since we've had the new Clary, the new I old Clary. 20, I could do without 15 minutes of Helen Archer telling me what she's doing. She'd be one of those buggers that was up doing Joe flipping wicks. She'd be doing 20 minutes of yoga. And then she'd be, you know, knitting her own teapots and God knows what else, wouldn't she? But don't you need that as a compare and contrast? Ooh, I don't need that at all. Social media's full of it. You don't need Helen. <laughs> you just go on Twitter for 10 seconds. But, you know, since we had... Ooh, my Mandarin Chinese is coming on marvellously. Oh, shut up. Anyway. But this new old Clary, since she came yeah. back, we've only really had one storyline that I can remember that she's been kind of central to and that was the whole falling out between her and Susan yeah you know she yeah. has been woefully on Joe the dying was all about um, Ed, Ed wasn't it Eddie, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so so yeah let, let's get her back uh, behind the microphone and let's get her used mm. alright mm. uh, so that's General Store uh, saluting us and marshalling the troops over there in Lambert Grove and W10 now we move to Ealing which is a little bit further west in London keeping things geographically close. It's Babs and Trev who've been on the cocktails. Hello, Royfield, Lucy and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. Here is a uh, pissed up Babs and Trev. <laughs> <laughs> OK, just to, just to explain that, we've spent all today um, making and drinking cocktails. I uh, made the cocktails yes, and the rum punch. Yes, so um, and playing music, which we've got running in the background. Oh, we were somewhat inspired by uh, the recent events, um, what the Zoom event that, that was crashed by wankers and people want to use the N-word. Sunny <laughs> teachable moment, keep on trucking, love the idea. It'll get better. Uh, all those people who've got lots of spare time, please shut the fuck up. You're getting on my tits. Not only am I working, queuing up outside shops in my spare time and doing usual domestic stuff, but I've now become a hairdresser too. I dyed my own hair for the first time in like 20 years and I gave Trevor number one. Yeah, yeah, much, much better than a number two. So my uh, coronavirus <laughs> predictions, Philip will get the virus and self-isolate in Gavin's room. Gavin will sleep on the sofa and then Kirsty will catch Gavin trying to go out and, quote, feed the horses and it'll all come out. She'll have to call Harrison to go around and check and one of the workers will be dead. (laughs) And in my list of people to kill off, Jolene, too whiny. Shula, too worthy. And Peggy is top of the list. Lady Bountiful. And you can't have a funeral because there'll be no um, you, 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 eulogizing. <laughs> yeah, that word. 
and she'll leave all her estate to Kate, who's not going to share any of it, and I think that'll be great fun and games. Okay, so in tribute to the fellow with the small appendage, uh, in the background we have Handle It by Nadia Batson. (laughs) That's all for now. Love and hugs to all. Bye. Good Lord. You know what, though, Lucy? What? Those small island people from St. Lucia and the Eastern <laughs> Caribbean. <laughs> One thing you got to give them credit for. They know how to party. You put on a little bit of soca music, a little bit of handle it, or push it up, push it up, push it up, push it up, all that kind of stuff. Push it up and what? An, well, work it out, right? Uh, but it's a, it's an instant party. Mm. You know, you, it, it, that is the equivalent. Soca is the, is the black equivalent to ABBA. Is for you, for you ah, white folks. Okay. You know, you you know, put a bit of you know, dancing queen and all the old middle aged ladies. Ooh, a little bit of that, but a party gets started, mm. right? That is a bit. Oh, you, you don't sound too convinced. No, really. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, carry, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been to many a party frequented by white folks, and whenever the DJ's bit flagging, he just says, oh, "I'm gonna yeah. whack on a bit of dancing queen Abba," and you get a whole load of ladies of a certain age <sighs> get a. Ooh, it's yes. yes. Well, all I'm saying is the equivalent for us West Indian folks is a bit of soca. Okay. Gets a party started. So, and then it, and it, you know, originates from those small islands over there in the Eastern Caribbean. Anyway, uh, cultural lesson done and dusted. Uh, that was Ealing. And now let's have a touch of Holly. I believe she's a first time caller in a don't you know? Hi, my name's Holly. I've been listening to The Archer since um, Brian had his affair with um, Siobhan. My mum was a big fan. In fact, we played Barrett Green at her funeral. Um, my view when the when they come back in the post-virus world is to just ignore the virus and become like a middle march. So I would suggest that Lower Loxley, Gay Grables and The Bull just become silent characters and then we focus on what would be happening as normal so that would be things at the the farms but we could also enter and look at a little bit at the virtual world so jazza could reconnect with an old school friend and they could fall in love over facetime george could bankrupt william using candy crush (laughs) mia could share some mucky pictures um, online um cara could be groomed so lots of opportunities of, of sort of using the virtual world. I think one of the slaves could be found in the Pickers caravan living. There'd be a story there. And then we could really get into some some details at at the farm. So Rosie could develop a temper. Lionel could get his feet well under the table. We could get university students in to become Pickers. We could finally find out a bit of detail about who's moved into home farm. Maybe it's an opportunity for a bit of diversity. And then we could dust down some of the um, some of the sort of silent characters. I think Alan and Shula 
have you know be mobilized to to support people and we don't need to sort of refer all the time to it being the virus because the reality is we don't know how this is all going to play out but i think there's plenty there to go on where we don't rub our faces in it by having mm. parties or or you know weddings at the barn that we know can't happen but we can still have some good stories mm. Yep. Uh, there thank you, you go. for that, there Holly. Kerry, there's your next six months mapped out. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, Alan and Shula will definitely start playing a bigger role. I don't know. I've been noticing quite a few mentions of things like, isn't it lovely when we all pull together, blah, 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 in a few scenes, which made me think of these being added in uh, retrospectively sort of thing to start gearing us up to thinking about community and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, as you said, all the weddings and the hotel's going to go under, well, bust, or not bust, but it's going to, you know, every, obviously that's all going to be put on hold, isn't it? And the pub and everything else. So uh, I just don't know how they're going to handle it. It's going to be very interesting to see. Mm. Yep. I'm... I'm still at a shock, Lucy. And I know I say this frequently and all I ever do is just repeat myself ad nauseum on this podcast. But you know what? So what? It's my podcast. I can repeat myself all I want. Right. I never, ever can predict how you're going to react to anything. And especially when it comes to music. You throw me curveballs all the time. What have you got against ABBA? The hell are we talking about ABBA for? Because I was prattling on. That was the call before last. I know, but I'm still in shock. Oh, well, very uh, clever, complex melodies didn't use pop uh, traditional formats and stuff. If we're going to abandon the arches and just start talking about my musical taste, that's fine. I haven't got anything against ABBA. I'm sure it's very nice. I just don't like the way it... it I, I think I dislike people where am I going I think there's a massive assumption that everything Mm. from the our childhoods was good not everything but there's a lot of nostalgia and sometimes people forget to think is this actually good or is it just good because I remember it and I think ABBA is a shorthand for that sometimes and exactly what you said it just gets hauled out because it's a it's a you know floor filler and blah 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 um which is fine if that's what you're into but it does get on my when people that go and see that bloody musical over and over again and the film and everything else and you know i just don't cut it's not my it's not my it's not my thing but that's all right it's other people's thing yeah but i'm not very into kind of nostalgia well, probably because it wasn't much fun for me. So I don't see, I don't, it doesn't bring back happy memories for me, maybe. But, hmm. but probably it does for other people. So they like it. So that's fine. There is, there is a line between um, music and taking you back to a place. And especially if that place is somewhat dark. And for me, it's Stevie Wonder, you are the sunshine of my life. Because my dad gave me such a whack when I when he told me I was in my Sunday best. Do not go down the park. And I went down the park. I'm about four or five, and I jumped and jumped into the into this stream and I had to have the slowest walk back ever. 
And as I knocked on the door and my dad saw me. You were four and, and you were on your own. No, I was there with my older brother. Oh. Yeah. But dare I say it though, five, and I was walking to school by myself. Mm. Different time. Yeah. Different time. And that was crossing over a road. Admittedly, there's a lollipop lady. Yeah. But it was, it was crossing over a, a main, uh, well, not a main road, but a road anyway. Anyway, the whole point is, is that when my dad gave me a whack across my bottom, right, and I said, I told you, we're going around to your grandma's in your Sunday best. <laughs> Do not get up today. You are the sunshine <laughs> of my <laughs> life. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the radio. And to this day, whenever Aww. I hear that, my little buttocks my little four five-year-old buttocks get a whack with my the back of my dad's hand <laughs> coming through the door so i do hear your point right but for me there is nothing like time for you to realize what was truly was uh, a well-crafted piece of music because you get in in and of the moment there's fashion there's there's a whole load of other pressures which may which make you think that this piece of music is great case in point as a teenager uh great bar comp early 1980s the, you there's nothing more hip and cool than to be into the human league mm. phil oakey was so great all the girls fancied him all the boys wanted the hair just like him and they're wearing state press trousers that music i will contend has not really stood the test of time <laughs> It, it It's great to have it on a soundtrack of a movie to denote the early 1980s, but his vocals were bad mm. and the music was actually very was very simple. Don't You Want Me Baby is a classic piece of yeah. pop. I just remember the but, video. I can barely remember. Yeah, well, yeah, the video was... Mm. I was going to say it was brilliant. It wasn't brilliant, but, but, it, but it worked. It mm. utterly worked. It did a job. But really, 30, 40 <laughs> years on... Is that music really good? Don't You Want Me Baby, classic pop. Not knocking that, but the rest of their output, pretty poor, really. But they were fashionable. Whereas with ABBA, though they were kind of derided by pop purists, no, by music snobs at the time, the complexity of those melodies, you can't deny those guys were really bloody clever who were putting that together. Oh, <laughs> wow! My 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 sat nav just suddenly launched into life. I've no idea why. <laughs> Bizarre. Well, it's probably telling us to move on, really, and to go <laughs> to go from ABBA uh, back to the Archers. So, uh, thank you for that sat nav because I was uh, wandering down uh, the wrong avenue, so to speak. Ha ha! And uh, let's uh, remember that we are fundamentally about all things Ambridge with a little touch of our Shifty Dave. Hello Lucy, hello Royfield, it's Shifty Davey here from Fife and other places. Not so many other places as we all are in lockdown. A recent episode began with six full whacks on a fence post and grunts from an unnamed man. And I was surprised to note that just from grunt alone I could identify Ed Grundy the character and then the next episode began with yet more fence post whacking as a gazebo was put up and this time the whacker was jazzer and the grunts belonged to him and i could also identify it i wonder if my ability to identify the men of ambridge from grunts alone is the reason i feel an affinity with tracy horobin who i was so thrilled came back in a recent episode 
she cheered me up so much I wondered if rather than the Queen we would have been better with Tracy Horobin addressing the nation in the midweek hello men it's a terrible <laughs> accent but you know what I mean she she would um, I think find the whole thing brilliant giggle and uh, cheer us all up I think that it's very important that the archers cover coronavirus it's going to be a huge story and affect all our lives for such a long time I think we need to see it reflected in the characters and it also allows some opportunities I think I can see Debbie for example um, Tams and Greg must be just as available as the rest of us and so a Zoom call from Hungary could be an excellent monologue episode my last thought is that we're all very worried for Kirsty. But perhaps we've got it wrong. Maybe on discovering Philip's skullduggery, she'll go the other way and finally realise that the way to to uh, get round this is to become a gangster's mole and for her to be the patriarch of a clan and finally get one over and all the rest of the people of Ambridge and get what she justly deserves, <laughs> revenge. Mm. Blimey. Shifty day. Dark shifty. I'm wishing hurry up and find out. God, bloody hell, this storyline's dragging in it. <laughs> Flipping heck. What do you mean? It's only just started. Oh, I can't bear it. I like things over in a fortnight. Wallop. Done. Next. That's what I like. That's I want such to bell that I could just go ding. <laughs> Is done. that what you Next. did with your sat nav? Deliberately just going bing to me talking about <laughs> ABBA? No, I didn't. I don't know why. Truly, I don't know yeah, why that happened. right. You just outed yourself there. <laughs> yeah, you did. Anyway, here's Dusty. Hello, it's Dusty Substance here, the wrong sort of listener. First of all, can I wish everyone to have a blessed and relaxing Easter in whatever way is possible for you? Thank but you. please stay at home, guys. You know, it, stay safe. I just wanted to say, uh, not for the first time, and I'm not alone, what a blessing Tracy is. I absolutely love her to tiny pieces. I've just listened to her on the Thursday episode of this week where she's been really positive with Freddie and really wonderfully supportive and a real boost to Oliver. Um, could they possibly start going out together properly? Mm. I mean, I'm a Roman, <laughs> but Oliver deserves Tracy. And uh, I think probably Tracy deserves Oliver. And I'm looking forward to her being the queen bee of the reception while Linda is incapacitated. And uh, that's probably it, really. Anyway, love to you all. Take care. Stay safe and speak soon. Bye. Bye. Bye, -bye Dusty. Um, I loved uh, Tracy calling Freddie Fred. Come on, Fred. <laughs> and um, uh, she is just... She just powers through things, doesn't she? But she did sound hurt about the cricket that uh, he put signs up saying anyone can come along and, and she didn't like that. Mm. She likes being in control of things, I think. Well, especially something where she has some kind of talent for, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and she was the vice captain last year. Yeah. So it makes sense she'd be a little bit miffed that uh, she wasn't aware. Mm. You know. Yeah. So, mm. Hmm. All right, so that's Dusty and giving us all sage advice. Stay indoors, stay safe. And um, here is a, here's another gentleman who is uh, an utter... <laughs> what was I talking to? What's I don't know. Utter what, Lucy? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> is an utter staple ah. of the Dumpty Dum family. 
We haven't heard from him for a few weeks. It's old grey whiskers. I don't know how much this call is actually going to talk about the archers, but it's a call nonetheless. Hello, you two, and all them other you twos all the way out there in Dumpty Dum land. Now then, I hope you're all keeping all safe, because this is old grey whiskers here, but I ain't quite so grey whiskerish as like what you remember what you saw me at, at that there Brummingham Dumpty Dum Live, what I hope we will have another one of when all this coronavirus nonsense is all over and done with. Anyways, I ain't so grey whiskerish. Because I had a funny turn tonight, and I decided, when I looked in that looking glass, I said, you look like an old man. So I took my scissors and my old cutthroat razor, and I had a go. And now I don't look like an old man. I looks like an old Victorian man, because <laughs> I ain't got no beard no more, but I still got a lovely set of sideburns and a bloody great moustache, and I still be old grey whiskers. Anyway, you lot, you all keep yourself safe. You all keep yourself alone. You all keep yourself at home. And you don't go near that there NHS because they're doing a bloody good job. And they don't need you interfering by getting yourself sick and going into them hospitals. So you all stay well. By then, it's be old Grey Whiskers signing off from his isolationist caravan by stay well. Bye-bye, Mr. Whiskers. Bye-bye. You too, and do not be doing anything with sharp objects on your own in the caravan. No more <laughs> chopping. Stop it. <laughs> right, that was Mr. Old Grey Whiskers, who's down there in Dorset. And um, we've done Dusty, we had Shifty Dave, we had Harley, we had Babs and Trevor, we had General Store, clicking to attention. Now let's have, uh, I think this is one of Lucy's favourite callers. Or call her in or is. It's Young Keith. Yay! Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's me, Young Keith. Um, glad to hear about your very exciting exploits on social media this week. <laughs> I'm sorry to not have been involved in it. I'm just calling up. I've got a plot prediction. Call me mad, call me crazy, or call me... Maybe it's obvious, I don't know. About uh, this man, Philip Moss. I feel that... I predict that he's going to try to kill Linda. I think because Linda seems to be the only one who's sort of putting two and two. Roy had it there on a plate, didn't he? But he's too dumb to figure it out. But Linda's there. She's already, the cogs are turning. Philip's asking loads of questions about Linda. I think she's going to just be figuring it out. And then he's going to come around with a, with a hamper, come to visit, go upstairs to visit her, pillow in hand. And I think Robert's going to save the day. I don't know. Maybe he'll use the the medal um, to clip Philip around the head and caution with it. But maybe maybe I'm getting too excited there. But yeah, call me mad. I've been thinking about it all day. What do you think? Mm. What do you think, Lucy? Uh, I think it's a possibility. No, it's not really a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay. It's not. Um, uh, but... I do think uh, Linda is going to regain her Linda-ishness 
by being involved in the unveiling of Philip as a wrong one. Um, at the moment, she's feeling useless. She's feeling, because she's lost her physical ability to produce, as we were saying last week, which for her is essential, she's now feeling useless and she's now feeling you know, irrelevant and overlooked and helpless and childlike and everything else. So to get her groove back, she will, she will mastermind something from her bed and um, it will unveil Philip for the nasty bugger that he is. And I think that's how she will uh, regain her essential lindrishness. Mm. I, I, I don't know. And I want this prediction of mine to be proven wrong. But um, very obviously, if somebody goes through what Linda has, their recovery isn't just uh, a, a simple straight line. You know, they, they just get stronger, they get better, and they just like leap out of the hospital bed, go home, and just resume uh, all their activities as if to say nothing's happened. There's going to be peaks, there's going to be troughs, there's going to be dark introspection, there's going to be withdrawing away from people because, you know, she's disfigured, etc., etc. And I just cannot see a woman with that level of confidence and can-do spirit that she can take this quite literally lying down so i did say on on the flick app big up to the flick app posse i did say <laughs> to on that a, a few weeks back that i think she's going to attempt suicide oh and no yeah no no let's hope let's hope if she does and i said i don't want this plot prediction to to come to fruition but let's hope if she does that she isn't successful. Yeah, no, she won't. She won't. She won't. She won't. 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 I will not let mm. that happen. No, mm. not. Okay. All right. I'm not okay. going to bet because I don't want to owe you another twenty bloody quid. But no. By the way, where is that? Yeah, money? I know. I know. I haven't got round to doing that. I'm mm. Okay. Right. Whilst you get out your phone and get on PayPal. Yeah. Right. I'll hit the button for Sister Sally. Okay. Hello, this is Sister Sally here. I have recently found this amazing podcast. I can't believe it. Hours and hours of wonderful talk about the archers. <laughs> so I'm utterly delighted. Um, like most of you, I was completely um, gobsmacked. My flabber was gasted about Philip. Did not see that coming. I've been listening to the archers for about 20 years. I've seen a few things coming. The one I'm most proud of, I think, is Roy and Elizabeth having an affair. I could see that one plain as day. Um, but I do have another pressing question for you. Um, I'm single and I just wondered, I use some dating apps and I wondered actually what your advice is about uh, stating on my profile whether I'm an Archers fan or not. <laughs> So far, I've been actually pretending, well, just waiting until the first date, maybe second date, if I get a date, to say, yeah, I listen to The Archers. And often I'm met with a bit of a blank stare or a little smirk and uh, stare at the shoes. Um, and quite often, you know, in this wonderful um, country we live in, I've, I'm on a date with somebody who has not grown up. Uh, with the archers, with a load of vegetables going soft on the top of a hob somewhere um, on a Sunday morning. So I would really appreciate your advice about that. Um, so thank you. I haven't uh, called in or left a message before, but um, any advice you have, I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Mm. 
honey, if you think that's bad, try going on a singles podcast, try going on a single site and saying that you do a podcast about the archers. (laughs) 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 Um, I, well, you definitely shouldn't pretend that you don't. Just say you're very fond of radio, I think. And say spoken word radio, because then you'll get the radio fourers who are nice. Otherwise, you'll just get loads of men tossing on about what music they like, which is boring. So, yeah, um, say you like spoken word radio and say you like uh, Radio 4 and Radio 4 Extra, if you do, and PBS and things like that. And then you'll get the nice, interesting people who can listen yeah, that's what I think. And then if they say, I I, um, I uh, love the archers, then you've hit the big time and obviously they're a keeper. Hmm. I, I think there's a key component missing in all of this, which is your age as well. I don't, I, you know, it, it is the elephant in the room. And, and I get told off for frequently by Lucy by saying, but at least by intimating that, gen- you know, generally Archer's listeners are of, of a certain vintage. Not all of them, but generally and stuff. So I think that's a key component. You know, if you run some hip and uh, down with the kids dating site mm. and like, I don't know, the average age is 19 or 21 or whatever. And you say, I'm a fan of the Archer's. You know, you expect it to go down like a lead balloon. Mm. But she said but, she's been listening for 20 years. So she assuming... She's been listening from when she was one. Yeah, I know. But but she's not going to have understood it until she was at least eight, which means she's at least 28. So she's not going to be on anything for 19 to 20. Well, I suppose she could be. Yeah, she could be. She'd be mm. looking for a man of that vintage or yeah. lack of vintage. Mm. She likes the... A Beaujolais Nouveau. That's what she's looking for. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have put it as uh, eloquently as you. I'll just say she's looking for a younger model that's got lots of durability. You know. Mm. Anyway, so so Lucy answered that question. A lot of knowingness in her answer there. I feel like you've uh, trod that path, Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) Next. I just didn't say a word and let you just handle that call. <laughs> anyway, that was uh, Sister Sally. Thank you uh, for joining the Mass Franks of Dum Dum, Sister Sally. It's uh, let us know how you get on. Right, really, yeah. yeah. What you, what you could do is an, an A B test. Do one profile mm. where you say I love the archers. Yeah. Another profile we say you don't. Don't so call yourself want... Linda Snell as your name or anything like that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Lavinia Rafferty. Yeah. That might be a good nom de guerre. Yeah. Uh, so mm. anyway, right. So Sister Sally, well done to part of the team, smashing super. Now it's New Jersey and Margot with a hard T. She's going to tell us some stuff about what happened last week. Thank you, Margot. Here you go. Happy Easter, Royfield, Lucy and Dumpty Dummers all over the world. It's Margot from New Jersey. This week, I enjoyed the interaction between Ed and Emma. Emma admitted to Ed that she wants to get back together, and Ed gave her a resounding no. Emma is holding on to nostalgia, and Ed has some practical concerns that all the issues that they've had before are still there. Emma will always want more than what being a Grundy and Amridge can provide her. Yes. I know many are rooting for these two, but I am holding firm in them remaining separate. I think in life we get more than one soulmate. 
And as we change and evolve, these people will change their role in our lives. Both of them deserve more out of life than what the other can provide. Neither of them are bad people, and they're actually some of my favorite characters, but please, script writers, keep them separate. I'm wondering if Gavin's going to do something to Roy to keep him away from Blake out of fear that information is being fished around for, even when it's not. It seems that Philip doesn't worry about Roy, but wants him to stay away. But I think Gavin has a harder time controlling himself, so I kind of can't wait to see where that goes. I'm really happy that Linda is going to be coming home, but now we will see exactly how this accident will transform her. I'm hoping that by this time next year, Linda will be as much to her normal self as possible. Otherwise, I thoroughly enjoyed Lucy's true crime search for Kathy Perks this week. <laughs> Thanks for making me laugh. I hope you guys are all well and healthy. Oh, thank you for that, Margot. Thank you, Margot. Mm. I think, yeah, I think uh, Gavin is a loose cannon, isn't he? Because he can't control, he's much too, I mean, uh, Philip seems to be a bit of a sociopath in that, as we were saying last week, he can present one front while and appearing to genuinely believe it while um, having an entirely different set of thoughts and values and everything going on in the background. Uh, but And he just seems to, he's just trying to sort of hammer everything down so that nobody can move, nobody can say anything, everything is under his control. Whereas Gav seems more like a sort of a ball in a pinball machine. You know, every new thing that happens pings him off in a different direction and he goes galloping off and putting his foot in it and saying too much. And he's the, he's the weak link, I think, that will probably bring the whole thing down. Mm. I, I must Not admit, I... soon enough, but he will bring it down. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there are... I have no understanding of the master criminal mind. I, I really don't. Really? And... <laughs> You surprised me, Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> he said hastily, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't no, understand I, right, I how you. <laughs> you can have people in modern slavery and hope to get away with it. But obviously people do. I, I, I just well, they don't do know. all the time, don't they? Look, all look, these court look, cases, they do. Luce, as it says, I don't understand. Mm. I don't understand how you can keep something like that a secret. I don't understand how you can do that. I just don't understand. So I don't understand. I don't really have the first inkling as to how this story is going to play out, as it, how it's going to unravel, shall we say. Um, I think as as Krusty fans, we hope that Krusty's going to, you know, put two and two together and, and unmask, unmask Philip. And he'll say, I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you pesky kids. And they'd be taken <laughs> away by the police, you know. Um, you, you, you literally know it cannot be Harrison Burns that uncovers this because he's, he's never uncovered one Well, as somebody uh, said crime. last week, if it was left to Harrison, he'd end up with a community action reward. <laughs> <laughs> so the world's most useless policeman other than... Inspector Clouseau, you know, Harrison's not going to uncover it. Harrison can't um, find his arse with both hands. It's not going <laughs> There you go. There you go. And I think a, a caller before did say it would be Linda. And I don't know about that. She's got other fish to fry, you know, like just getting better, getting stronger. So I, I really don't know. And, and I must admit, I don't really care to know how it's going to be uncovered other than 
I just I, I, I want I disagree with you just for once, Lucy, just for once, Freeman. I'm disagreeing with you. And um, I think I, I do want a, a slight slow burn on this, a slight, you know, slow little sizzle. And um, let's get and let's just make sure that, you know, he will, he will get his just desserts. But let's hope that he, he gets them in the, the fullness of time. And I know I mentioned this last week and I do have a habit of going off piste all the time. But Ozark, I mentioned Ozark oh, yeah. last week, and I've just watched an episode of which I was literally floored. So the setup is um, this very ordinary couple um, are laundering money for the mob, and he's a mild-mannered accountant, financial advisor, blah, blah, blah. It's Jason Bateman, and they go off to the boondocks in, in, in America to, to launder this money. And his wife, who's played by Laura Linney, um, takes to this role with a plum, shall we say. He's smart. There, She's smart, but she's ambitious in the way that he isn't. He actually wants to get out of this. So there's this innate tension between this husband and wife. And then their children who are teenagers, they become complicit in the whole thing. The episode which I've just watched is a tour de force of writing and acting where her brother comes to town and he's been in it for a couple of episodes, but he has mental health issues and the situation needs, needs to get dealt with. And loose. It is utterly brilliant. Utterly brilliant. I really recommend anybody that might have been put off by me saying it's Sopranos-esque in terms of its anti-heroes or if you liked Breaking Bad because I, I presume there's a whole lot of people saying oh I, that Breaking Bad wasn't for me whatever this is brilliant because at the heart of it it's very it is Ambridge like to a little it's about a family and the relationships between them a husband and wife and then their children and then the wider community and the various characters but my God, the episode where she goes on the road trip with her brother, tour de force of writing and acting, that brother, you believe that he's just, he's going through the mental travails uh, that, that he is. And Laura Linney's just totally exasperated. It's utterly brilliant. So please go and watch Ozark. If I didn't convince you last week, you've got nothing else better to do other than, you know, re-listen to old episodes of Dum De Dum. Uh, Go watch that. Sit down with your loved one or your family to do a, a Lucy V. Freeman joke and, and go and watch the three seasons of that because it is very good. Season three tonally is different from the first two, but it is so good. There you go. There's the workings of the criminal mind. That's the link that I made, uh, ah. Luce. Uh, yeah, criminal minds, criminal minds. Oh, I always think there's a bit of a song title in that but it's suspicious minds isn't it not criminal minds mm. anyway uh right another new caller in we seem to be doing rather well for new caller inners lucy you ever been to margate no well if you do shout out for ed he'll probably answer you here's ed from margate 
Hello, it's Ed from Margate here. Margate Ed on the Twitters and the Instas. Long-time listener and Patreon person, Lucy and Royfield, what's that link again? And first-time caller in a row. I work at the Cabinet Office, which is pretty full-on right now, so very grateful for living by the sea and being able to run along the beach whilst listening to Dunstan. My Archer's Vintage, first storylines I recall are Alice and Chris eloping to Vegas, Neil and Susan having a surprise anniversary trip to London, and Jill discovering that Phil had died. According to the website, that was in 2009, and makes me an Annette Turner although I barely remember her. However, the next option would be, would be to be a Jude, and I'm certainly not doing that. Reflecting on everything that's happened recently since the explosion at Gay Grables, I love that the action kind of seemed to come out of nowhere, and now we have this metaphorical explosion of storyline. I wasn't expecting the modern slavery, so Royfield, you were right again about being a... Uh, about Philip being a badden. But Lindy Bottom's recovery is so moving as she's coming to terms with it. Yeah. With some great performances from all involved. In reality, I'm sure she'll have a very long recovery, some steps forward, some steps back, and a massive psychological impact for her to deal with. And there are lots of pointers that way. I hate to say it, but I'm worried that she'll get stuck into such a dark place that she even ends up attempting suicide. No! I kind of felt like she was in that place when she spoke to Freddie. I suspect, though, that we'll have a couple of weeks of excellent writing and acting, followed by a quick event which suddenly resolves her struggle, a la Lizzie and her quick trip to the therapist. So that will all be fine then. On a lighter note, two things I never expected myself to say. First is that um, Tracy is about to surpass Lillian as my favourite character, even though I probably aspire to be more like Lillian in my later years. Sorry, Lillian, I still love you. And secondly, um, I hope the Zoom call went well and there are no uninvited miscreants this week. I'll try and join the next one, although it's always a problem that the video I'll see of some of the regulars won't match up with the image I've created in my mind. Um, But I guess there are worse tribulations these days, aren't there? Love to all of you. Keep up the great work with the show. It's a real highlight of my week. Oh, thank oh, you, thank Ed. thank you, Ed. Mm. Um, Do you think... Mm. Uh, After you. Uh, um, 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 I've now forgotten. Yes, I think you are right. I, I, you are not right about the suicide thing, obviously, Ed. But I think that what you said about... <laughs> so one thing will happen. It will all be sorted out. Lully, lully, la. Yes, I think we're back in the... Ter- I'm hoping we're back in the territory of Ed's fortnight's worth of crack addiction. Um, <laughs> so, yes. That, <laughs> that's all resolved. Bollop! Never talked about it again. Um, so, yes, ideally that's where we are because I really, really can't... Couldn't bear it if Lindy Bottom did anything to herself. Mm. Mm. Yes. Do you think R. Ed is one of those Margate hipsters? Do you think he's a bit of an artist in his uh, spare time? Not if he works for the Cabinet Office, no. Fair enough. All right, we'll move on then. Carol, you're up next. Hello to all dumpty dummers everywhere. It's Carol from the Highlands of Scotland. So first, a couple of thank yous. Uh, First one to Royfield for a fantastic, well-organised Zoom session. Also, fair play to you for the majestic handling of the mute button non compliers. <laughs> also, who knew Mike Tucker was Davros? And also, I'd like to say thank you to Lucy for the Kathy Perks mystery. <laughs> Your dogged search for the truth was nothing short of inspirational. It was like 24 meets Wicker Man with a dash of Stepford Wives thrown in. <laughs> If you get out of Ambridge in one piece, I look forward to season two. So I've been trying to sift through a couple of concerns before Ambridge goes into lockdown. And in no particular order, and this is not all of them, but these are the things that have been going through my head. So does Ian know his 
kitchen exploded. Um, and is he still in Ireland? Yes. Has Elizabeth seduced Ross yet? And how's Jim's extension coming on? Has Nakasha got her new manager yet? Will Ed and Emma get back together before the lockdown? Has Neil murdered Hannah? <laughs> Will Robert let Kate remove the nail polish from Lindy's toes? <laughs> and please, please, will Kirsty get away from Psycho Phil and yes. Gaffney Gavin? Yes, yes. Even yes. if she has to go and stay with Roy? Even if. Well, there's a lot more where that came from. But that's all for now, anyway. So stay safe, everyone, and take care. Bye. Bye-bye, Carol. That's proper call and response there. We, we're missing our cues, Lucy. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I was, I was my, my little brain was practically smoking, trying to get ahead of her. Um, <laughs> that's a nice idea about Ed and Emma having to um, uh, quarantine together, isn't it? Mm. Ha. Huh. I like that. Um, Jim's extension, who cares, as long as no one tries to make toast and blow it up. Um <laughs> Uh, and I, re- I yes, it would be lovely if uh, Kirsty moved in with Roy. I think because she's ha- she's happy and she's relaxed with Roy, and she's mm. going to need looking after, and he's quite good at that. Mm. Well, it would give the character of Roy some you know some reason actually to to be in the village. And and the more I think about it, I am really quite down on the character of Roy Tucker. But it's not because of the actor. But it is just. It's that, as I said, that Venn diagram of, of so, social connections and then how he's mo- motivated in terms of, you know, his actions in the village. I just think it's pretty pointless. So you need to give him a point really quite quickly. So, yeah. If it's Kirsty, it's, it's Kirsty it is. Uh, right. Now, I think that's the end of the caller in, Lucy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to hand the cudgels over to you uh, and uh, say... Lucy, do you have any emails? Uh, we do. Oh, we have one from Babs and not Trev this time. Oh, okay. Um, she says, uh, the one really thing, posi- <laughs> the one really positive thing about COVID-19 is that people are not scared of AIDS anymore. In 1994, I was told that I would be dead of AIDS in two years. It was a really scary time for Trev and me. I lived long enough to get on treatment and I now sing in a choir of people living with HIV called Joyful Noise. We wrote and recorded a song called Champion with Vula, who used to sing with Basement Jacks. I am very proud to have done the second solo on the track and not need auto-tuning as it's very high for me. Anyway, I thought mm-hmm. I would raise the game England v Germany with this inspirational playout. It's on iTunes and all profit goes to the NAZ charity. Love from Babs, not Triv. Thank you very much, Babs. Uh, mm-hmm. And we are very glad that uh, you are still with us and still singing and still calling mm. And you are fit, healthy and hale. Yes. And so at the end of the show, we're going to play that out. And it is a bit of a stonker, our Lucy. Is it? I had a little bit of a... Is I it a banger, Royfield? I sound it is. so ridiculous it is. when I say things like that. <laughs> it's a proper, proper banger. I did throw some shapes to it last night when it was downloaded. Because dare I say it, right? Somebody says, oh, I've done this track. And you go, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, another one. Good, yeah. yeah. And then I put it on. I was like, oh. <laughs> 
you know, if I had a little skirt, I'd have hitched it up and whatever, and and had a proper little dance. But you know, I dropped some shapes in the living rooms here, so it's it's actually really quite good. So well done to you, Babs, and uh, we're going to play that out um, now. Before we go on to uh, our advertisement break. Um, is there anything which maybe happened in the last 24 hours which you would like to discuss because you were <laughs> you was really into the output of this person who has yes. expired oh, Lucy. Yes. all right over to you this is lucy's time to talk about something which has happened go uh, on lucy <laughs> is this the new segment of the show lucy's time to talk about something that has happened um yes. that's catchy uh i'm hoping this isn't going to turn into some sort of obituary corner as coronavirus wreaks its bloody nightmarish uh, passage across uh, the world. But um, one of my favorite, favorite uh, actors and comedians, a guy called Tim Brooke Taylor, uh, died yesterday of coronavirus. He was 79. Um, And uh, he, for me, he epitomized a very subtle and subversive type of English comedian and actor. He was classic, looked classic. People used to get him muddled up with Tim Rice. Um, He looked very classic English public school, uh, blonde hair, um, sort of uh, not, sort of small and slim and um, self-effacing and modest, but he had an incredibly anarchic sense of humor. and was involved in a thing that I'm not sure made it to America massively, um, but it was a series called The Goodies um, with uh, Bill Oddie and Graham Garden. Uh, Graham Garden is um, Dr. Graham Garden, who is also on I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue for people that listen to that. And uh, it was a television series that was utterly, utterly mad and was actually the inspiration for an awful lot of um, alternative comedians because it was the first time there was sort of this surrealist comedy on mainstream television that wasn't seen as very, very smart-arsey in a Monty Python way. It was just absolutely bonkers. It was like some... It's like a a child that had eaten far too much Haribo had just been let loose with a budget. You know, it was just astonishing. And... um, Yes, and he was also an actor. He did a lot of sort of what you'd call cosy sitcom things like um, Me and My Girl with Richard O'Sullivan and things like that. Um, But he was a wonderful man. No one in show business seems to have a bad word to say about him. He was just very generous, very kind, very sweet man. And uh, he was also a stalwart, if I'm sorry, I haven't a clue, both on their stage shows and uh, on the radio. And he will be really sadly missed by many of us, including... Me. Ah, oh. um, an essential part of my my childhood, uh, the goodies. Yeah, and, and he also bizarrely was directed by Orson Welles. What? Yeah, in a film that never never got made. It was it was uh, printed but never made. Goodness, never released. distributed. Yeah, yes, that's the word. Mm. Um, here is a little tribute uh, to our Tim Brooke Taylor. <laughs> Girlfriend in the coma. I know, I know that is serious. So, girlfriend in the coma, I know. I know 
It's really serious. There were times when I could have murdered her, but you know, I'd hate anything to happen to her. Do you really think she'll pull through? Do you really think she'll pull through? I know, I know. Yes, it's serious. Oh, my, my. Bye, baby. Goodbye. That's Jack. Yes, I am. Why? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Yoko Bear here calling with the Social Media Roundup for the week. Um, we started the week talking about Robert and Linda. Um, and the fact that Robert doesn't seem to be, um, you know, really connecting with Linda uh, and not really understanding what's going on. Louise Marge said, I feel for Robert. He might not have the physical injuries, the pain and emotional trauma Linda has, but he's now in a place that's alien to him, trying to do his best to help and adapt. Mm. Um He's so grateful for her to be alive and understandably from his perspective expects her to have the same gratitude. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's, he's not, he's not really getting that she's going to be feeling some very complex things right now. Our very own Witherspoon said, Roberts is demonstrating the corollary of mansplaining, which is man doing. He's struggling with his frustration and sense of helplessness and trying to control the situation. Robert needs to stop and just listen to Linda. So what else did we discuss? We discussed Ed Nemmer, the fact that she kind of asked him back and he gave her the knock back. Was that a good, a good decision on his part or not? Well, Joanne Smith says, I think Ed's right. Emma isn't so much feeling I really love Ed. She's just misinterpreting 
being um, being without Ed sucks as love. Mm. Um, Ed deserves to be someone who truly loves and respects him rather than Emma, who simply doesn't like how her life looks when she's single. Um, yeah, I think maybe. I mean, God, I tell you, I've been in that position before where I broke up with somebody and then wanted to get back with them. And actually, it was just that. It was just like, oh, God, this sucks a little bit. And by not getting back with this person, it's actually a really good thing in the end. So maybe it is a case of that. Um, Alex Luca didn't hold back, though, when he said, good choice, Edge, uh, Ed. She's her mother's daughter, an undereducated, uptight, aspirational social climber with a chip on each shoulder. shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, don't hold back there, Alex. I mean, <laughs> say what you mean. Jan Mitchell says, I was very disappointed with Ed's decision today. I'm afraid his self-esteem and self-regard have taken a beating at the thought of not being enough for Emma. I thought it took a lot of courage for Emma to lay her heart out like that. I hope it's a sign of growth and a transformation of her values. Um, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, d- I don't know. I think I think in a lot of ways, Emma is her mother's daughter. And I think she... I'm not sure whether she does change that much. I think she wants what she wants. And actually, I think... She should just kind of... I wish sometimes Emma would just really just embrace that actually this is who I am. This is the aspirational kind of daughter of my mother that, that I am. And just be herself because sometimes I get the impression she's she's not being herself. She, also as well, we said with um, coronavirus, we know it's coming to Ambridge. Hasn't yet, but it, we know it's coming. We asked, who would be the three people that you would not like to be in lockdown with? Um, and there were some quite strong views. Rosie McGlynn said, Hannah, Gavin and Philip. These three should be thrown into a slurry tank, in my humble opinion. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not so sure about Hannah. She's annoying, but I wouldn't throw her into a slurry tank. Philip and Gav, though. Yeah, in they go. Um, Daniel Green said... Kate, because she would drive anyone nuts. And also Adam and Ian, because even stuck in a house, unable to go out, they would still complain plain that they were too busy to see each other and be amazed that looking after a baby actually involves looking after a baby. Yes, indeed. Um, Hyde Griffith said, would hate to be locked in with Peggy. I felt so sorry for Linda when she was trapped in a hospital bed and cornered by her. Um, yeah, there was, a, there was a, almost like a horror film feel to it. <laughs> trapped by Peggy. Um, but Heidi also said, I wouldn't mind being locked in with Tracy. Oh, God, Heidi, wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all want to be locked in with Tracy? Because um, Heidi says, could, could imagine a, a, inventing a couple of new drinking games. A couple. More like hundreds. Lisa Marie said no to Shula, Peggy and Kate strong choices there Lisa but she also said yes to being in lockdown with Alistair and why is that Lisa Marie? well let me go on Lisa Marie says I've been single for a long time and I think it would be nice I think I need a nice bloke like him mm, making a play for Alistair there oh, gee he could do worse I mean, he's got a stable job he seems 
okay-ish and you know whatever and we know that he may have some <coughs> skills in the bedroom because Lavinia was quite <laughs> impressed wasn't she so you go for it Lisa most inappropriate comment that made me spit my tea out laughing though was from Steve Gibbs who said Helen if I caught the virus and got really really sick she'd know how to finish me off <laughs> yeah Steve if she starts baking that tuna bake Worry. <laughs> um, also as well, Jan Mitchell posted something asking, where is Usha lately and mm. where's Alan? Because it's meant to be Holy Week. Have they joined the ranks of the silence? Um, Sean Evans said, they've been furloughed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a word we didn't know before, was it? Mm. Um, also as well... Uh, Heidi Griffiths again said, I'm going to be charitable and say the episodes are all out of sync, given that they're trying to stretch the pre-recorded episodes out. And I think, yeah, you're right. Actually, in Ambridge, time seems to have stopped working a little bit. Mind you, in this house, it feels like time stopped working during this lockdown as well. <laughs> what day is it again? Does it matter? <laughs> what are days? Who knows? Um, Erica Hobbs asks... It's such a bad thing that we've not heard from Usha and Alan. <laughs> yes. I think there's some people out there that would have that opinion. Anyway, that's the social media roundup for the week. I've gone on a little bit too long, um, but um, that's it. So thank you very much. Enjoy your weeks. Bye. Bye-bye, sir. Bye. Bye-bye, Mr. Bear. Thank you all. Thanking you all much left from over here at all uh so lucy why don't you give us some mirror headlines i wonder which one you're going to go for well, not the obvious one which would be us um i'm going for private eye this week oh. mm. borsetshire police urge people not to holiday there <laughs> um, uh, there's a big uh -huh. article it says um <laughs> People in camper vans and caravans should not attempt to find Ambridge Village Green in order to self-isolate and should instead stay at home. Uh, we've got people coming in from all over the place, clogging up the county, looking for the fictitious local towns of Borchester and Felpersham. He added, Archer's fans have to realise that, just like the rest of the UK, an influx like this puts a tremendous strain on health and police services that simply don't exist. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> now, would you like tweets of the week? I'd love Tweets of the Week. Okay. First is from Andrew Horn, and it's not strictly a t Tweet of the Week, the Archers thing, but anyway. Um, he said, uh, Radio 4, the Now Show revealed the pregnant pandas, real names, as Christine and Derek. Have you got a new script writing gig, Lucy V. Freeman? No, I have not, but I very much like the idea that mm -hmm. Derek Fletcher and Auntie Cardboard are at it in a little panda cave. Um, D. Daly. In fairness, Ed, your kids are fairly confused already. Their uncle is their mum's ex and you're your nephew's stepfather. <laughs> Good point. Uh, Helen. Helen, not Archer. I hope tomorrow's The Archers is the one where the Gills get back from their Italian holiday and invite everyone round for a massive housewarming party. We've got to tr trigger this thing in Ambridge somehow. We might as well do it with style. Yes. Uh, Josh Tambini. Linda is very good at acting. I used to struggle to sound convincing when ringing up work to say I was ill. Um, <laughs> Peggy's Pussy said, is Linda in the Harrison Burns unit? <laughs> <laughs> and... Is this Tweet of the Week? It is. 
If you've got small children, block up their ears if you don't know avoid if you want to avoid any questions. But anyway. Pajama Llama. Shula. Help me with this egg hunt. Kirsty. What did you just call me? (laughs) 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 Yes. Well done. Well done all. Those tweets were rather good. Rather very good. Uh, Right. So we're coming to that part of the show. We've got to start thinking about winding this thing up. And uh, I'm furiously trying to fill and use words uh, to cover over blank thinking space because I couldn't find the script. There you go. And I found it now. Dumptydum.com. It's got stuff on there. If you go down to dumptydum.com, you'll see Lucy's week in Ambridge in full Technicolor. She moves around. She's in 3D. There's penguins behind her. There's a fireplace. It's one of the many reasons to go to dumptydum.com. Another reason to go to dumptydum.com could be to see Yokel Blair doing his social media roundup. You can look at his bookshelf behind him. You'd think he's on Sky News or something or not the amount of books behind him. And you can go <laughs> and rifle through his bookshelf. You know, oh, you got the classics there. Oh, and I thought you'd been into that. Yeah, oh, Yokel Blair. Why don't you go on to uh, dumdydum.com and look at Yokel Bear's bookshelf and many other things besides. So big ups to the people that made uh, Zoom Live. Dum de dum went on to Zoom uh, last Friday and it went without a hitch, second time of asking. Uh, no OAP uh, self-pleasuring, strumming my lower banjo sex was to be had. Other than Terry Malloy was there doing his thing, holding court. I asked some questions then we threw the, we threw the mic out to you, the good Zoomers uh, who were there. And a few of you managed to ask Terry a few questions also. But I also did a quiz and I left you all on tenterhooks as to what the answers were to the various quiz questions. So, right, if you still got your pieces of paper, you still kept them safe. The first thing was it was the picture round. And uh, you had a picture of a hog looking thing. Um, it was a set of um, a set, there you go, giving that away. It was a picture of a, 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 a tennis results and then it was a horse in bridle. And you had to put, put it together and figure out what the heck that was. It was a hog, let's call it a boar. It was uh, tennis uh, uh, scores, that's obviously a set. And then it was a horse in bridle, it's a shire. So it's borset shire, that was the first one. I think that was pretty easy. Moving on. Did you question- write this quiz? Yeah. No, you didn't. Of course I did. That's uh, really quite patronising, Lucy. Really patronising. Okay, I'm waiting for the message you send me in a minute that says, of course I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I totally did. This is the picture round. Right, okay. so the second one in the picture round, you had some people in a, in a bar. They were sat down there having cocktails. Then there was something with a little bit of... Uh, it's a candle. There's a candle. And then you had uh, a village green with people playing cricket on it. What was that? Bar wick green. People in a bar. It's a candle with a wick. And the people playing uh, cricket on the village green. That was bar wick green. Then next one, which did fox a few people, was you had a picture, picture of people enjoying themselves at um, some kind of amusement park. You had a couple of gormless looking Chuckle Brothers and then this green monster. What was that? It was Rex Fairbrother. 
because the people were at a fair and it's the Chuckle Brothers. So that was that was uh, number three. Then number four, we had um, a ferret looking type creature and uh, somebody doing archery. Who was that? It was Jill Archer because a female ferret is a Jill. There you go, Jill Archer. And then quickly on to the Mike Tucker round. Now, uh, question number one, uh, which of the following was not one of Mike Tucker's children? Number one, Brenda. Number two, Bethany. Number three, Rose. It was, of course, Rose. Uh, question number two in the Mike Tucker round, which one? Oh, that's the same quality question. No, question number two was, what did Mike lose leading to a period of depression? Was it number one, a job? Number two, an eye? Number three, Betty. It was an eye in the early 90s. Uh, who, question number three, who did Mike get ballroom lessons from whilst courting Vicky? Was it number one, Oliver? Number two, Jolene? Number three, Linda? Bit of a trick question, this. Can you remember, Lucy? Wasn't it Oliver? It was Oliver. Well done. Uh, question number four, uh, where did Mike and Betty live? Number one, Honeysuckle Farm. Number two, Willow Farm. Number three, Nightingale Cottage. Can you remember? Willow Farm. Is Honeysuckle. No. Wasn't it? Well, Roy still lives in half the house and he lives at Willow, doesn't he? Uh, you know what? You might be right. Am I go Anyway, <laughs> go, go Google it. Go Google the answer. <laughs> We're taking an ad hoc approach to these <laughs> scores. And then the very last one on the Mike Tucker round was... What key event did Mike suffer in 1986? Number one, demotion as union rep. Number two, loss of a finger. Number three, bankruptcy. What do you reckon, La Luce? Uh, the trade union rep thing, wasn't it? Bankruptcy. It was, uh, I think it was demoted as union rep in the uh, 70s. Yeah, it's bankruptcy. So there you go. That was uh, the Mike talk around the angry milkman. Thank you again, Mr. Malloy, for coming on and um, sharing with us uh, a good solid hour of your time. And we were all right royally entertained by your anecdotes, your stories uh, of times gone past. And hopefully, uh, you made a point of saying that you hope that uh, the character Mike will make a, re a return to Ambridge. And, and we hope also to see you back there with Vicky and Bethany sometime soon. Now, Lucy, mm -hmm. Um, I did say to the Zoomers out there, to the Dumbly Dum Zoom posse, big whoops, um, that I'm going to do another Zoom. Uh, not you have Friday. been warned, chaps. Yes. Well, th this this one went off without no, it a did, hitch. It did, it did. You're right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so I'm not going to do it this Friday, but next Friday. Uh, okay. Can we coordinate this so your very own personage can be in the general vicinity of the Zoomage? If you can coordinate sending me the fucking link, yes. I will do that, folks. Okay. We'll have Lucy in on the Zoom action, not this Friday coming, the Friday after. This uh, Friday coming, hopefully, we're going to release another um, special uh, to fill the vacuum of the non-archers on Friday. So it will be, um, I'm trying to edit things together now, and it will be... Um, it's called Balls to Borchester, and it is a um, Jane Austen tribute. Mm. Well, that, that sounds like a, an appointment that can't be missed, folks. Yeah. So this Friday, at approximately 7 p.m., Lucy will be releasing something new. Uh, right, so this show came out of Twitter 
Oh, really, I should do Patreon first. Thank you to the new Patreons that we've had. Don't think that I haven't noticed that we've had a little bit of an uptick, as the Americans would say, with the amount of people that have gone onto Patreon that have signed up. Lucy, these Coronas have been quite good for dum de dum all things considered. Just saying. It's not a great thing globally and society-wise, but wherever there is a, a dark cloud, there is a silver lining. And the silver lining has been that more people are listening to Dum De Dum uh, because they've got nothing else better to do. And that's been reflected <laughs> in the fact that more people are signing up to Patreon. So, you know when that woman, that woman, sorry, Sister Sally uh-huh. said, she said, and I've discovered this wonderful podcast. I was on the verge of thinking, which one? What was it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always up for recommendation. Oh, I see you mean the one, this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, this kind We're of We're feels... shit at marketing, aren't we? We really we, are. We, we, we really are. But this feels less of a podcast and more of a just a... Well, it's a we chat. Said before, no, yeah, it's a chat. It's a chat. Chat, a bit, a bit of group yeah. therapy. Yeah. Bit yeah. of musings on, on life, love, and the universe. It's yeah. not actually a show. No. It's not like we put this out episodically, weekly, no. you know. Or with any forethought or planning. No. Exactly. No, yeah. it just kind of organically no. just like happens and it's just yeah. a reflection on life. So I, the, you took the words right out of my mouth when she says, I found this new podcast. First off, when I heard the call, I was like, oh, I wonder what, the, what it is as well. Got me pencil and, <laughs> pencil and paper on as <laughs> we're scribbling it down. So, uh, yeah. So this, is, so this oh. show, um, we've had a little bit of. Um, an upside because uh, more people are like needing a little bit of solace and entertainment in these in these uh, confusing times. So we'd like to thank you for all those new Patreons uh, that are throwing us some shekel our way. It's much appreciated. Um, and of course, this show came out of the Twitter, the Twitter, uh, which is probably the one social media source, which I was going to say has done the most to help knacker the traditional news industry. Uh, but in terms of breaking news, you know, you, you don't go onto cable TV anymore. You just go onto Twitter. Twitter always gives it before that. That's, that's how important Twitter is. And Twitter got Lucy and I together. That's how important that medium is. Got us together. Yeah, blame with... Twitter. Yeah, true. Yeah. And uh, so if you like this show, praise Twitter. If you hate it, blame Twitter. I couldn't give a rat's ass if, if you want to blame it. Because you know what? I love doing Dumpty Dum and I cherish the day that I first met Lucy first on that Saturday on Twitter where we had a little bit of a DM chat and then on the Monday or was it the Tuesday when we got together at South Bank and eyed each other up over a cup of tea and decided let's be big in the world of Archer's fandom. So Twitter, I thank you for that. I also can be found on Twitter by going on that, to that same platform and typing in at Royfield, spelled R-O-I for India, F-I-E-L-D. How can people find you, Lucy? I'm at Lucy V. Freeman. And if you type in at dum dum you fundamentally basically get Mr. Yokel Bear, who's also an at. If you type in at Yokel Bear, you'll get Yokel Bear. But you get him masquerading as dum dum being funny as, excuse the French, fuck basically. So go on to that. Now, if you want to um, join our Zoom chat in two weeks time, um, you best be following us on Twitter. And then basically you can DM us for the uh, password uh, because, you know, 
fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, whatever President Bush said it was. You know, that's not going to happen again. It's no more willy waving. And I'm all, oh, by the way, I do need to apologise, Lucy, to uh, the 10 or 15 dum-de-dummers that were furiously were trying to DM and to get into the Zoom chat. Security was that tight that legitimate dum-de-dummers were actually getting turned away. <laughs> there was this one woman who I now know uh, was a proper legitimate dum-de-dummer, called herself Miss Street. She signed up for Twitter on that day, had sent out no tweets, no followers, and was an, an egg or whatever the heck. You know, there was uh, no profile picture and said, can I have a pass, the password for dum-de-dum? And I said, how do I know you're not going to wave your willy in front of us? No, sirree, no. And it so, so transpired that this poor woman, basically, she wasn't, she knew that we were sending out DMs. He had to get on Twitter. So she signed up just for that. And she wasn't the only one. So there were a few. So, hmm. Ways around it. Number one, go into the Flick app. I do post it there publicly on the Flick app because you have to sign into to the Flick app and be somewhat of a hardcore dum-de-dummer. Um, another way around this is if you have um, the universal sign of uh, dum-de-dum uh, fandom on your uh, profile on Twitter, i.e. the sometime, thing which is sometimes called the flag of Nepal, you will get uh, a DM with uh, the password. Another way is to log on to Facebook and I do publicly place it there because I trust that as a source of people who are sufficiently bonkers enough uh, to be following us for quite some time. And you have real personalities, real real personas, dare I say, actually on Facebook. So Facebook, go on there. Put the flag of Nepal or the universal sign of dum de dum at Fanage on your Twitter profile and you will get the DM if you ask for it as well. You can also just DM but potentially, because security is tight, I might say no if I haven't seen that you have a track record of uh, messaging about the archers, etc. And then, oh, and then also the Flick app posse. If you go into the Flick app and ask, and just go into the Flick app, it will be posted there. So it's not going to happen this Friday. It's going to be the Friday after. So there you go. And I thanked all these people on Patreon. And I didn't say it's $2 per show if you uh, support us on Patreon. Uh, Lucy, I've done this all about cock this week, but why don't you just tell people um, <laughs> it's, how... It's, it's usually mostly cock, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and it, well, it's a bit of arse too. Um, why can't you just tell people um, how they can call in if they want to call in, and then we can wrap this show up. You can get in contact with us by sending a voice message uh, using SpeakPipe on dumptydum.com, or you can call 0203 031 3105 to leave us a message. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just about the end. Um, do you have, uh, our loose, um, the name of the track that our Babs sang on? Um, God. Yes, it is called. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Ah, it is called Champion. Oh, right. And it's sang by the witch choir? Um, Joyful Noise. And here is Joyful Noise and Champion. Another hill, another road to face. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.